you ever had the experience of walking into church on a Sunday morning and saying hello to your friends and grabbing a bulletin and making your way to the place where you usually sit? And then when you find your spot, you listen to the opening hymns and a few prayers. And then the point in the service comes along when the pastor begins to give the message. And when the pastor begins to speak, it's almost as though the pastor's talking directly to you. I mean, you might as well be the only person in the entire sanctuary and with every single word that is spoken, it begins to pierce your heart a little more. This is actually one of the experiences I had growing up. The church that I grew up in had a really fantastic pastor who every Sunday morning when I would go to church, he would speak and it was almost as though he was speaking to me. And it's one of the reasons that I became a pastor because I was so in awe of how God could speak to me through him. Well, maybe you've had a similar experience. I expect that you have. In fact, a couple of years ago, I was talking to a couple here in this church and they said, you know, last Sunday we were in worship and the pastor gave a message and what he said directly impacted us. In fact, we bought a house. And somewhat astonished, I said, what? They said, yeah, we bought a house. We'd been thinking about it for months. And then the last week's message was about how God invites us to step out in faith and to be bold. And we felt like God was speaking directly to us. So we bought a house. Well, maybe your experience hasn't been quite that dramatic, but I suspect it's been no less powerful. God can speak to us through other people. Throughout my years of ministry, this has been one of the ways in which I've marveled at how God is at work through the church. And let me let you in on a little secret here. As a pastor, we never know exactly how a message is going to fall on your ears or in your heart. In fact, we don't know the deep, dark secrets that go on in your heart and your soul. So there's no way we could possibly speak directly to those. But though we don't know, God knows. And God has given us the ability by means of his spirit, by his grace to at times speak to the places in people's lives where his spirit needs to work. And it's not just pastors that can do this. We've been talking about the story of how my family discerned the call to Southwest Florida. And Lauren and I, my wife, as we were discerning this call, had open and honest and vulnerable conversations about every detail of the potential move. And every time I would have an interview with the church, I would reflect with her and say, Lauren, here's what I heard, here's what I learned, what do you think? And after that pattern repeated several times, finally she said to me, you know, Brad, I don't really know what to think. All the information that I'm getting is being filtered through you. I'm, I'm just not sure. And I said, you know, that's a pretty good point. Then I said some of the wisest words I've ever uttered as a husband. I said, Lauren, you and I aren't going to go anywhere until we're both 100% convinced it's where God's calling us to go and serve as a family. Well, how could I say that? I can say that because we have a covenant God. 
We have a God who not only makes covenants with his people, it's a God who keeps covenants with his people, and a God who honors the covenants that we make. And Lauren and I, as husband and wife, have made a covenant together to love each other in good times and in bad, in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, as long as we both shall live. And it's my conviction that because we've made that covenant to one another before God, that God is going to honor that covenant. So throughout our years of marriage, I've come to trust that Lauren, as a woman of faith, who the Spirit dwells within, is a reliable person to trust for her spiritual discernment in mine, in my life. I've come to trust her for her spiritual discernment in my life, in parallel with my own. So it's not just pastors. All of us who have the Spirit of God dwelling in our lives can, by the grace of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, speak into the lives of others. You know, throughout this series, we have been looking at ways in which we can discern God's spiritual leading in our lives. A little while ago, I read a book. It was actually a book about leadership, and it was about the concept of insight and the concept of outsight, as the authors refer to it. Insight is what a leader needs in order to look inwardly to discern the direction for a company or their ministry. Outsight is the ability to listen to other people or to gain outside experiences. And the book essentially articulated that we need outside to shift our mental models. We need to try new things and we need to network with people that we would like to be like. You are who you rub elbows with. Well, so far in this discernment series, we have been looking at inward ways to discern God's leading in our lives. So we've established that you cannot spiritually discern without relationship with Jesus Christ through whom we have access to the Holy Spirit. And we've looked at the inward way in which the Spirit gives us the peace that surpasses all understanding that is independent of our circumstances. And we hold that with an open-handed peace. And then we looked at the way that the Spirit speaks to us inwardly through the revelation that God has provided in the past to help us discern our future. So those have been inward ways in which the Spirit of God is at work within our lives. Today, I want us to look at some outside, look outside of ourselves to see how God might be speaking, in particular, through the community of faith. We are going to look at a passage today from the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. This passage is a fascinating one in which many traditions in the Christian faith have looked to to talk about the way in which the Spirit of God is at work within the church. This is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. As you come to him, that is Jesus, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also are like living stones being built together into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Some traditions have really looked at this passage and taken seriously the idea of being a priesthood of all believers. Now, in the Old Testament, the word priest 
was used for somebody who is an intermediary between us and between God. There were many different examples of priests in the Old Testament that played that role. In the New Testament then, the Spirit of God worked through Jesus Christ, who became the great high priest. He's the priest for all time. He is the one, the living stone, upon whom the church is built. Jesus is our great high priest, but then we become a priesthood of all believers. So if Jesus is the cornerstone, we are like living stones being built upon one another. The image behind this passage is the image of the temple in the Old Testament. The temple was the place where God's spirit dwelled with his people. In the New Testament then, the church becomes the spirit-filled community where God's spirit dwells among his people. We are like stones built upon the living stone to become the place in which God's spirit is present in today's world. It's like it says elsewhere in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, that says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? You and I, as a community of faith together, are the place where God's spiritual presence is in this world. And as God's spiritual community, God can use us as individual stones in that community to speak to one another. I've begun to think about it in these terms. I often think about it like concentric circles. Those who are closest to us, those who have permanent relationships with us, are the people that God has intentionally placed in our lives to speak to us throughout time. Earlier, I mentioned that my wife, in covenant relationship with me, is one of those people I've come to rely on. But it's not just those in covenant relationship. The concentric circles go out from there. There are also the permanent members of our family who God has given to us. When I was growing up, my parents were a spiritual sounding board, people who I would turn to in order to lean into what God might be leading me to do. I trusted them as people in whom God's spirit dwelled to speak into my life. And I came to recognize what the scriptures have said in the book of Proverbs chapter 20, verse seven, when God says, the righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children after them. That was the story of my childhood growing up. And candidly, they're still a spiritual sounding board for me. But the concentric circles go out from there as well. There are friends that we have in our lives. There are children that we have. If we have grown children who are faithful and love the Lord, they can become a means by which God can speak into our lives. The concentric circles move out from the closest people to us to the farthest people from us. The communities that God has put us in can help us to gain a sense of what God is speaking in our lives by means of outsight. Well, here's why this idea is particularly important. It's particularly important because we've already established that you and I are pretty good at deceiving ourselves. A number of people have asked me throughout the years, how do I know if I'm hearing the voice of God or if I'm just doing what I want to do, what my ego says or what my selfish desires are all about? Well, one of the ways that we can test the insights that God has given us through the peace that comes and through the scriptures as they're revealed to us over time is by testing them against the outside, 
those people who are outside of ourselves, who can help us discern together as a community of faith. And my conviction is similar to the conviction of what a famous Quaker author has said by the name of Eden Grace. She writes, since Christ is not divided, the nearer we come to him, the nearer we will be to one another. Thus, the sense of being led into unity with one another becomes a fundamental mark of the divine work in the world. As we, as a people of God, are the spiritual household of God, a holy priesthood. We have the ability to help one another discern where God is calling us to go. And as we see the different instruments that we've already talked about working in unity, we become more clearly able to discern how God is at work in our lives. So I kept talking to Lauren. I kept asking her, so what do you think? What do you think about the interviews that I've had so far? And she kept replying, well, it's hard to know what to think because everything I'm being given is filtered through you. So there came a time in the interview process with First Presbyterian Church where Pastor Doug came to Illinois and together, Lauren, I, and Doug sat together in the library just outside the sanctuary at the church that I was serving in Illinois. And together there, we would have a two and a half hour conversation with one another. Now, prior to this conversation, given the history of our conversation, I prepared Lauren for this meeting. I said, Lauren, this is going to be the first person you meet from the community. Not only that, it's going to be a significant relationship for me as an associate pastor with the senior pastor. So I said, after this meeting, I'm going to ask you the question, what do you think? And I want your honest feedback. So Doug and Lauren and I sat and talked for two and a half hours. And during the meeting, I was sort of expecting, you know, I'm the one demonstrating worth for the organization. I'm the one talking about what I could offer the church if I were to be able to be on staff there. And at the end of the meeting, Doug reflected that same idea back to us. He said, you know, I've been trying to think about what it would be like to be in your shoes. And I've been trying to think about what First Church would have to offer you. And he rattled off a list of seven different things that this community would offer to us. That powerful experience was so moving that by the time Doug got to the end of that list, both Lauren and I were in tears because they were each a direct response to what we had been praying about. It was an incredible experience of discerning how God was at work within our lives. So after the meeting was over, Pastor Doug left. And then I asked Lauren the question. I said, Lauren, I told you I was going to ask you, what do you think? And she said, if they offer a position, we have to go. And I said, sight unseen? You haven't even been there. And she said, sight unseen. And I said, I think so too. Through that experience, my wife and I were led to a sense of unity. And we heard through another man of faith in whom the Spirit of God was working about what God might be able to do in our lives. This communal discernment enabled us to become very confident that God was calling us to First Presbyterian Church. So who are the people in your life? 
if you think about those concentric circles that go out, who are the people who are closest to you? Perhaps a spouse, perhaps a parent or a child, perhaps a lifelong friend in the faith. Who are the people in your life who are spiritually able to help you discern what God might be calling you to do? That as you listen to them in chorus with what God is speaking to you inwardly through peace and through the revelation of God in the spirit and through the scriptures, they may be able to help you discern from an external perspective what God's calling you to do. Maybe even a better question. Who are you doing that for? Who is somebody in your life that you are speaking words of life into because the spirit of God dwells? in you. So far in the series, we've looked at three of the four instruments through which we can come to discern God's leading. We have one episode remaining. In that episode, we're going to look at the ways that God sometimes puts limits on our lives. Sometimes God puts a barrier between us and some potential opportunity in the future. Other times, God removes barriers that might be there. So I'm going to look at the story one last time in the next episode and tell you the story about how God miraculously removed a barrier that would prevent us from going elsewhere. Until that time, I want you to be thinking about times in your life when God has perhaps removed or placed barriers between you and some future decision. How was God at work in those times helping to lead you? Until that time, God loves you, and so do I.